Welcome, savvy investor, to Skyline Views. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Skyline Views. I'm Chris Mills. My guest today is Mr. George Bully Jr. George is a health and fitness instructor. He's a trainer, certified sports nutritionist, also a business entrepreneur, real estate investor, property manager, business consultant, and coach. Welcome, George, to the show. Man, it's quite a mouthful. Thanks for having me. It is. It's a, it's a long list. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to have you, excited to talk to you today. Why don't you uh, fill in the gaps on all this, tell a little, tell a little bit about your background and uh, what got you interested in real estate? Well, um, as your intro said, I am all of that. And the reason why um, it's a mouthful is because it happened in stages. Like for instance, I first started my personal training company um, when I was very young in my late twenties. That's what I used to supplement my income. I've been a natural bodybuilder since I was 14 years old. So I always loved to work out and practice martial arts and things of that nature. I mean, I started training in martial arts when I was 10 years old, seriously, and I've been doing it ever since. So um, started my personal training business and that led to me um, raising enough money, saving enough money to buy my first house that uh, me and my wife bought. And I always knew real estate was going to be where I was going to go because um, probably 97, 98 was the first time I was a, a, an assistant instructor, which means I was allowed to teach classes for myself. And what I learned there was having a martial arts school is great when you are flush with students. You know, you have 300 students paying you $99 or 150 a month. You can do the numbers. That's the type of money that you're going to be making monthly after expenses. But what I saw with a lot of school owners was the fact that when they sold their school or they retired, they very quickly were almost broke, you know, because they didn't invest. They had so much money coming in that they didn't understand how to use it. And then when it was gone, boom, it was gone. So they either went into other fields, you know, two, three years after selling their schools, or they went directly back to work, you know, and I figured that was not going to be me. You know, I needed to have passive and residual income coming in when I'm done teaching. Um, and real estate is where I always wanted to go, where me and my wife had talked about going. And so that's what I looked at and started learning and understanding when I had enough money and capital to get into real estate. So long story short, um, while I was running my personal training business, um, we had the housing market crash. And so when the housing market crashed, you know, my clientele went from X, Y, and Z to very small. <laughs> you see what I mean? Because uh, uh, people were losing their jobs. Housewives had to go back to work. And it was devastating for me. But I wasn't too mad about it because I had a small list of clients, three, maybe four clients, uh, many that I still have today, that stuck with me through that process. And I had some funds that I had saved up to get into real estate. And so that's what I did. I bought um, my first couple properties and I've been managing those properties now for the last 15 plus years. Hence my book, you know, property management basics for the part-time landlord. Mm -hmm. You know, that book is a journey, my journey from zero to where I am right now today. And it has everything I basically gone through with uh, my property management business because 
when I got started, there was no Quora or Reddit or anybody to help you. You know, you had to kind of figure this thing out for yourself. And I did, you know, blood, sweat and tears, anything you look at. I mean, everything from having great tenants to walking to a place and seeing $5,000 worth of damage. I mean, I even had a tenant take a box cutter to my kitchen cupboards, you know, mm. he was mad or angry at me yeah. uh, for whatever reason. So it was just my journey. And the reason why I think that book is relevant now is because as we're going into this second wave or third wave of COVID, as you're seeing it, um, you know, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but mortgage and late mortgage payments are up by 37%. You know, and the last time we saw that, we saw a lot of foreclosures over the horizon. We saw a lot of different things getting ready to happen in the market. So the market's ready for a correction. And anybody looking for jumping into real estate, I think that that would be a great book to help you because we even, I even go through the eviction process, you know, and what it takes to evict the tenant. And that's particularly important in this particular case because, as you know, there's been a deferment on, uh, um, foreclosures until December 31st by the CDC. So what you're looking at right now, and if you're looking at landlords who basically, in some cases, have had tenants in their property for the last nine months and haven't been able to pay them rent or has not paid them rent. So they're really, you know, backs against the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. If someone is looking to begin active uh, real estate investment, but maybe on a part-time basis because, you know, they want to keep their job. They want to shore up uh, all their options. Uh, mm -hmm. What tips do you have for someone who wants to kind of wade in and learn, um, you know, maybe avoiding some of the mistakes that, that you've made? Well, learn your market, learn your industry. You know, I started investing. I started looking in New Jersey first. But at that time, the housing market was crazy in New Jersey. So in other words, um, all the prices were overpriced and people were just going towards um, valuations. So you would have a guy buy a house uh, that's probably worth about 375000 but he'd end up paying 450000 for it because the guy down the street just sold his house for 550. Well, there's a lot of float in there and really your house is only worth 375. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you're using his valuation, you paid lot, you overpaid for your house. So what happened when the housing market corrected here in New Jersey? A lot of people now, they just woke up one day and lost 80,000, 100,000, $200,000 worth of quote unquote equity in their house. You see what I mean? but that was the housing market correcting itself. And so because they took such huge dips, the houses were upside down, you see what I mean? So you have to learn your market if you're going to walk into a market. And if you truly have, if you truly have to gain that much equity in a house, then that's a great opportunity for you. But from what I've seen in my experience, a lot of times that's not true. And you end up losing a lot of money because um, you can't, um, you can't sell the house, you know, you can't, service the debt of the mortgage you're just completely stuck and so you just you just walk away talk a little bit about uh credit you you write about that in one of your books as well uh what role does credit play for the uh active investor especially oh credit is huge you know because they just don't look at your 
personal credit, they look at your business credit as well, too. And there's two different parameters for credit. On your personal credit, they like to see your leverage, your debt under 30%. But your business credit, they like to see it under 50%. Okay. So if you know how to manage both, you're going to be in good position uh, to be able to get more capital coming in or get more funding because you're not uh, as risky. And there's also a time requirement. I know a lot of people say, you know, you can get a brand new business and in six months. Yeah, you can. But what you're going to be getting as far as interest rates are not going to be beneficial to you because you're too new. You know, you need a credit history where somebody can look at you and go, this guy's been in business for 15 years. Uh, he's never missed a payment. You know, he understands his leverage. He understands credit usage. He's a good risk. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying don't do it. And the reason why I'm not saying don't do it, I'm saying understand it. Okay. Because you can also manipulate uh, that to suit your needs if you're a new business. See, understanding how to use it will only benefit you. The biggest problem is people jump into these things and they don't understand it. Then they get hit with a big uh, uh, lump payment as far as a, a big loan payment at the end where you have to pay all of it at the end or they get hit with these interest payments that they can't service because they didn't calculate it properly. You know, my investment strategy, so you know, is when I'm rehabbing a house or I'm buying a house to put in my portfolio, it's only 90 days. That's it. If I can't get in that property in and out within 90 days, flip, done, fixed up and ready to go, I don't buy it because technically I say 90 days to you, but I also have a 45 day float to that. That means that for instance, the permits didn't come in. That goes into my 45-day float. Uh, you know, contractor came in and didn't finish the wiring. That goes into my 40-day float. So I'm really servicing the debt for 120 days, not 90 days. But, you know, I'm pushing the contractor and pushing my partners. That property has to be done in 90 days in order for it to work for us. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's hard because you have a lot of people looking and saying, well, you know, that property has 50,000 in it when we're done, or that property has 100,000 in it when we're done. You know, why are you rushing? I'm rushing because numbers are very important. You know, that pro forma that we filled out before we bought this property that gave us our projections, they have to be filled. And depending on where you're sourcing the money from, like I do a lot of my own debt financing myself because I've been able to use and understand credit. So I'm I'm leveraging my business credit. I'm leveraging my personal credit, which have gotten me lines of credit, uh, credit cards to use to buy materials and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm basically paying for all that out of my pocket, so to speak. And every month that goes by, even though I'm making payments on that, you know, those payments kind of add up. So if the bill goes out for six months, then it wouldn't be worth it to me because what I'm paying in interest, even though you're looking at, 25, 35, 40, $50,000 may not be worth for me to, to stretch this build out or do this rehab out for six months. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the difference between personal credit and business credit and what it looks like to you know build business credit specifically and the role that that plays for real estate investors? Okay. Well, look, personal credit is basically all the credit that um, tracks back to your social security number, you know, and those are the three credit bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. 
that report your personal credit. Okay. Business credit is done in Bradstreet, uh, TransUnion Business, Experian Business, and a few other people um, where it tracks your business history and, and what you're doing. Now, the reason why you get a little bit more leeway when it comes to business as far as debt in the business um, is because they understand that you have to carry a little bit more debt for employees, rent, uh, taxes, supplies, everything like that. So what a lot of business owners are doing is they're doing a net 30 or a net 60 when it comes to their bills. You see what I mean? And paying that. So you get that particular leeway. Um, it's very important if you're not in a service-oriented business or if you're in a real estate business or a health and fitness company or cosmetic business or you have a barbershop or whatever your business is, that you particularly understand that. Because the thing about credit is credit is only important when you need it to get something. Other than that, credit is really not that important because, you know, you got, I know people that can run their credit up to 100%. Doesn't make a bit of difference until they, uh, the only time that that would hurt them, let me rephrase that, is when they need to go for more credit, either a line of credit for the business because a bank will look and go, you're maxed out at 100%. But if you understand that and go, okay, boom, I know I'm at 100%. I just got accounts uh, uh, receivables in. I have money now. Boom. I knocked that line down to 50% or 49%, which is better. Okay. Now when they run my credit, they see, oh, wait, no. He does have money coming in. And now he's more appealing to us as far as that to be a lender. You know, we forget those little pieces. So managing your credit, your personal and your business, is just as important as managing your business because it can hurt you at any time. Here's two things people don't understand. Your credit bureaus and everything report weekly, okay? But when you make a payment, it reports monthly. You see the difference? So at any given time in the middle of the month, if you're go for credit or you know somebody runs your credit and they go, this guy's out at 80%, okay? You may say, yeah, I meant to make a payment at the end of the month. But if you're not managing that effectively, it can hurt you because what banks also can do, too, is, is they can look at your risk assessment. And then now, all of a sudden, you get a phone call or you get a call from the bank manager. It's just happened to me where they're like, you know, your $20,000 line of credit has been knocked down to $5,000. And you go, well, what happened? Uh, you know, we went through a little annual assessment and we decided that uh, your credit limit was a little bit too risky for us. What can you do? You can't fight the bank. You know, it's, it's their credit that they gave you. So if you sit there and you run those big, long uh, deficits, 70% above, 80% above, 100% above, at some point in time, that's going to bite you in the butt, you know. And uh, under, the book that I wrote about how to put your credit rate, how to use your credit rating, excuse me, to put you on the path to debt freedom is also my journey. When I learned that and I discovered that, you know, I went from having my own money, which is not bad, um, but always not having enough. You see what I mean? So you have, you have $25,000 in cash, let's say, to invest in this particular property. Well, to buy that property and fix it up, it's 50000 so that means I always had to go find another twenty-five or thirty-five thousand to do it. You know, when I understood this principle and how I was able to use leverage, and because I have multiple businesses as well too, I have my personal training business that I have a full 
backstop of lines of credit and credit cards for. I have my fix and flip business where I have a full backstop of lines of credit and credit cards for. I have my consulting company, which I have a full backstop of lines of credits and uh, uh, for. So, you know, I have three companies that help give me leverage for whatever businesses that I'm getting into. And then I also manage my personal credit cards to make sure that I tick every box. So whenever somebody looks at my profile, my complete profile, they go, oh, now this guy's solid, you know, never missed a payment, you know, credit score in the high 700s, 800s, you know what I mean? You know, he's not one that we're going to flag. The reason why I keep stressing this is because FICO 10 is here and FICO 10 now tracks you two years back, not six months like everybody thought. That's what's really hurting the credit repair companies now because they made buku money over the years getting this stuff off your credit report, right? And then making you eligible for credit, which is nothing wrong with that. But if a lot of companies now move into this phase of, well, we're not just going to look six months. We're going to look two years back. They can look before that six months if you were like mid-600s or, you know, low uh, low 700s. They could be like, nah, we don't think, you know, this guy has a habit of running his his debt and his leverage 80, 90% all the time. You know, yeah, he's getting these lump sums every 30 or 60 days, but he still may be a little risky for us. Or they can go and say, we'll give it to you, but we'll give it to you at prime plus two or prime plus four. Now, why would I want to do that? <laughs> you see what I mean? That doesn't benefit me. I get it, but I can't use it because I can't service the debt. The interest is too high. You know, so it, it's crazy. But if you're not paying attention to those little things, you know, you could find yourself in a, a very bad situation very quickly because not every investment that you're into is going to turn over the way that you want it to turn over. So you always have to have that second plan. How am I going to be able to service that debt while I'm in there for a little bit, you know, to get out of this and move on to the next? All good information. I uh, really hope people are paying attention. Might have to go back and listen to this a second time, but I'm glad you're sharing this. You alluded to this a little bit earlier. Uh, talk about becoming your your own hard money lender or your own bank. Yes, absolutely. So once I understood this, like I said, my three businesses that I have, my personal training company, my real estate fix and flip company, and my consulting company, once I understood that and knew that I had the, the credit rating to do that, I applied each company for business line of credit, business credit cards, and any leverage that was out there, you store credit cards for my business to be able to get certain lump sum of, of credit and leverage that I have to be able to operate the businesses. And because I was able to do that, I was able to get, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars uh, collectively uh, when it comes to my three businesses now that I can use in those businesses or I can use for anything else that I want to use, use the money for. So because now I have that, I now don't have to go to a bank and be put in a box every time I'm looking for a loan. Because look, there's a lot of lenders out there. During COVID, um, I was getting six to seven emails a day from contacts. Yes, we're still lending. Yes, we have money. Yes, we're still lending. Why? Because the interest rates are so low, they're going into the private market to get better yields on their interest rates. Okay. 6%, 7%, 8% or more, depending on the investment. And that's just for real estate or anything else that you're looking to do, fix or flip. 
Sometimes those loans can be as high as 9%. You know, would you jump into a loan at 9%? Yeah, if you can get out of it quickly. Like I said, uh, my problem was I don't jump into anything and finance anything out unless I can get out of it in 90 days, you know. So getting a loan for $200,000 to fix up, flip a house that could be worth $500 would be worth it to me at 9% if I can get out of it in 90 days. If I can't, it's not, you know. So I was playing that game for a while till I just got tired of always submitting um, applications for loans because each company has you do it, you know. So if you, I, I go by three. I always get three companies, check their interest rate, check everything before I submit an application. But the problem with that is there's three pulls on my credit report. So every time I pull my credit report, it goes down, it goes down, it goes down a little bit, you know. I mean, people say it only goes down three points, but okay, goes down three points. You pulled it three times, that's nine points that it goes down just to pull for money. So I got tired of playing that game and I decided, well, let me put myself in a better situation where I do all my real estate assessments. I do all my evaluations before I sign my contracts and get into these, especially on the real estate side. So once I have all of that, I'm not begging anybody. You know, everybody has taken these courses. So, you know, where they'll be like, oh, we'll buy your house cash. We'll do this. Well, no, they're not. Okay. They're not buying your house cash. That's the marketing thing. They're going, once you say yes or sign that agreement, they're going to get loans to, to buy that house and either fix it and flip it for themselves or selling it to a wholesaler. Everybody knows that game. Okay. And uh, sellers are now getting smarter than it was 10 years ago. So you're never going to be able to walk in and buy somebody's house with no money down unless their back is against the wall and all they want you to do is assume the mortgage, you know, to get it off their neck. You're not going to be able to do that. I mean, I've been in this for 15 years and I've never, never seen a deal where I could buy a house, no money down, nor have I bought a house, <laughs> no money down, you know, so you're always going to need it. So what I did was about two years ago, understanding all of that, I put these lines of credit and leverage in place where I'm in control. I'm my own private lender. Okay. Instead of me paying interest twice, I pay it once against all the leverage that I have. I'm the one that makes the decision. I don't have to worry about every time something happens, somebody pulling my credit. When I say yes, it's yes. When I say no, it's no. It's just plain that simple. Move on to the next. And I've been, well, first of all, I sleep better at night, okay, because I'm not beholden to private money lenders or hard money lenders. And two, I know what I have in my pocket. I know how far I can go. I know how far I can't. And I make those judgments on every business deal or every arrangement that I'm in based on that. So, you know, it's nobody looking over the horizon and always micromanaging me. Mm, George looks like this. Mm, George looks like that. No, you know, and it's been, it's been liberating. And once I understood that, I'm just like, well, why doesn't everybody do that? Well, it's, um, I didn't understand that. Uh, and somebody had to tell me about it. That's my point, okay? I was frustrated and I was walking around in circles about two years ago, two and a half years ago, and I didn't understand how I could have such great credit, but it's like I'm always fighting to get this, always fighting to get that. And I was talking to a friend who used to be an underwriter, and he was like, George, what's your credit score? And at the time, it was over 800. And he was like, wow. And I was like, I was shocked. I paused on the phone. I was like, wow, I mean, uh, I didn't understand why he was saying, wow. I said, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He said, George, that's a good thing. 
He said, George, I was an underwriter for over 25 years. He said, you know how many people I came across that had a personal credit score over 800? I was like, no, sir. And he was like, five. He said, you're the fifth person. He said, you're 99% of the way there, but you don't understand that 1%. So after he got me off the phone, he schooled me and basically told me what it was. I just sat back like, wow. And surely enough, within um, two months, three months, working with him and getting everything together, I got my first million dollar line of credit for my fix and flip business for real estate. You see what I mean? Just like that, two months. So I went from scratching my head, beating my head against the wall, and within two months, boom, I had enough leverage now to move and step on the gas the way I wanted to. That's excellent. That's excellent. Is there any way to set up something for maybe a longer term thing? Like if you, if somewhere, someone were to get that million dollars, you know, if they were able to do themselves, uh, they're already in a good, in good shape with their personal credit. Um, is there a way to set that up? Say, hey, I can, you know, buy a fourplex or a sixplex, uh, you know, and long term, not have to refinance eventually. Or would they, they just be able to use that to acquire and then have to go to a bank for their long term hold? Well, you know, even though that interest rate uh, for certain loans at that rate are usually around seven to ten percent, so I okay. wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't hold it long term because yeah. the way that you would use that loan, the way that I use the loan is I use it, put the money back, use it, put the money back. So you're not stuck. If you get stuck into a long term loan, it defeats the purpose. Um, why do I say that? Because these are really quick transactions, 90 days at most. So boom, you're moving, selling, moving, selling, moving, selling. You're never really caught. And when you refinance those loans, you refinance those loans into a lower interest rate, but you also pull your money back out of it. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that would be, that's the strategy that I'm using that's been very effective for me. So I'm just not stuck because once it's gone, it's gone. Once I pay that money back, I go right back to that million that I had. So now what happens is uh, before when I was doing one deal, um, it, it would take me a little time and maybe I got four houses done that year, right? But now that I have this leverage, I'm looking at four deals, five deals at a time in one clip, you see? So instead of four houses now, I'm at 18, 20 houses a year. You see what I mean? That I have mm -hmm. the ability to move on very quick, excuse me, the ability to move on very fast. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not filling out applications. I'm not doing anything. It's just boom, 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 go, go, go. And so what's that done with my partner, who's the contractor on this, we have crews working year round. That's what contractors need and want. They want to be able to work year round as opposed to always going and specking a job. And so because we have that, boom. And he's a great, he's a great manager. I mean, he can manage 15 projects at a time. Um, you know, we just keep hitting and moving, hitting and moving. And my job basically is to get the deals that evaluate them and say yes or say no. That's great. That's excellent. So you've scaled uh up to that point, what's what's next for you? Just building a portfolio, just building a portfolio. You know, um, I have a certain number that I want to get to a residual income a month that's free and clear for me so I can retire my wife because she's an emergency health worker hmm. uh, and uh, emergency service worker. She works in um, 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 
I forgot the name of it. It slips my mind, but um, they've been working really hard. And um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and me, same thing. You know, when I'm done teaching, when I'm done training, when I'm done with this real estate thing, I'm walking away, I'm done. You know, and there's certain things that we got to do, her and myself, you know, different quality of life. So building that portfolio will be my annuity. Every month we know that this money comes in after X, Y, and Z. And we can just go live the kind of life that we had talked about. Oh, you know, if we wanted to do this, we can do it because I can still manage my properties with a cell phone and internet connection. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we want to sit over here, we can do that because I can still take care of what I need to take care of. I'm not beholden to be here in New Jersey or doing this or doing that. And, you know, the best thing about it is it's real estate. When I'm gone, I'm leaving that to my kids and they'll be able to, you know, break up whatever it is and have that residual income coming in, you know, for the rest of their lives too, as long as they want to manage it properly. And that's the biggest gift. They won't be fighting or developing this thing brand new like I did or learning on the fly. I'm leaving something for my children's children. You know what I mean? That's important to them. And real estate is not going anywhere. They're not making any more land and everybody else needs a place to live. What's your uh, what's your number one on on that bucket list that you guys want to do? Is it a specific trip or a place you want to visit? Well, I promised the kids that we would do some trips. We're doing some of those now. Um, obviously, with COVID locking us down, we haven't been able to get a lot done. But I want my kids to have memories. You know, it's important to me that my kids are cultured too, as well, because I feel like if you always just get stuck in one society, that's always one perspective. But if you go to Asia and see how they're living, if you go to Africa to see how they're living, if you go to, you know, Southeast Asia to see how other people are living, you appreciate where you live. All of a sudden, where you live has value. So those are some of the trips that we're working out. But yeah, as far as my wife and myself, you know, there's Paris, there's South Africa, there's Hong Kong and Singapore, um, taking her back to Europe, um, specifically uh, London, you know, but where we are right now, where she is right now, she always said, take days off. I said, there's going to come a day where I'm going to walk, come up to you and say, it's over. It's done. We're done. We're out. You're retired. And, you know, now we can go to the Caymans and just relax. And when we're rested, come back. Not, oh, you know, I got to get back to work, you know. And, I mean, not people might be listening to this and say, oh, that's, why would you do that? Or why would you not do that? Because basically, I earned it, you know. All the kicks and punches I've taken, whether it's physically or emotionally, everything, you know, and I want to be able to have a quality of life when I'm young enough to enjoy it, not old enough to get there 60, 65 and worrying about medication. If I need to take it, can I fill this prescription or this? You know what I mean? No, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be young enough to be able to have a quality of life where I'm enjoying it. So that's what all the work is right now. That's what all the hustle is right now. That's what all this is right now. Because when I say I'm done, my wife knows this. When I say I'm done, I'm done. No more going back, no more this. And the money has to be every month. It can't be up, it can't be down. And so, you know, the hustle is real. And if I get there, probably in the next 10 years, that's what it'll be. Fantastic. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, learn more, maybe get consulted, uh, how do they reach you? They can reach me at georgeboleyjr.com, G-E-O-R-G-E-B-O-L-E-Y-J-R.com. Perfect. Thank you. I'll uh, definitely link to that in the show notes. Uh, it's been great today having you, George. Appreciate everything. Greatly appreciate you having me. All right. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Skyline Views with Chris Mills. We hope you found this valuable and useful. Feel free to share it with friends or family that could benefit as well. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. We really appreciate it. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us through thehaneycompany.com. See you next time. The information provided in this episode is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Skyline Views, The Haney Company, their employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are advised to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant for the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Christopher Mills is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisor representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Neither Coastal Equities Incorporated nor Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated is affiliated with Skyline Views or the Haney Company. Advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, a U.S. SEC registered investment advisor, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801.